Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Option. Kennedy Brooks. First down and then some. Inside the 10. At the pylon. He walks in for a touchdown. Hello and welcome to the week 9 edition of the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard, here with Jameson, as usual. Jameson, after the bye week, after the Mike Stoops firing, what do you got to say about that defense? That was really nice and refreshing, and uh, after that whole week of people in the media saying, oh, what do you, it's not going to change much, oh, Ruffin was part of the whole defense and went before the issues with Mike Stoops and everything, so there's not going to see much change. We came out right off the bat with a four-man front, and we really played Ronnie Perkins a lot, and our defense showed for it. Like, we barely barely gave up any yards. We looked stout, and aside from a couple turnovers, we couldn't catch. Like, this is a... Well, we already blew them out, but this could have been a catastrophic blowout for TCU. Yeah, and what, that was kind of the biggest thing that I kind of picked up on re-watching it is when, when, you're, when you're in... The stadium, you kind of don't, you get, you kind of just go with the feel of things. And if someone drops a ball, you just kind of move past it, short memory type of thing. But it really stood out to me how this game was not close at all. Um, yeah, you see 52 27, it actually doesn't look like a close game. But it really, like, like going into that fourth quarter, about 11 point ball game could have swung either way. TCU could have, like, kind of cut it down a little bit, could have been more of a struggle win. But if you if just just look at the tape, OU just dominated from from front to end with it. With as this OU team really can do, um, with a couple exceptions of you know blown plays, um, you know, you obviously look at the two Turpin touchdowns and then the uh, Jalen Rager uh, bomb over uh, Parnell Motley. Um, this was a, a defensive performance that was almost as thorough as we've seen all season. Yeah, once again, we hit it on the head with our players to watch, even though it was really, really easy to pick of this with yeah. Jalen Rager and Cavante Turpin. Uh, three touchdowns between the two, but, uh, th- I mean, those were the only touchdowns for them of the game. So. Yeah, the rest were just, you know, little but field goals. I'm still not ready to hop on say, yeah, we we're, it's a good difference seeing it without Mike Stoops and believe in Ruffin and everything. I do like how there were the four-man fronts, and we changed up, and we had some good personnel changes. We brought in guys like DeLair and Turner, Yale, for the first time. Someone new in the secondary. See if we can get someone to go out and hit. Robert Barnes, he looked good. He was hitting people. He played a little bit of strong safety because Jordan Parker didn't travel with the team due to illness. He's fine. I think it's just probably had the bug or something like that. Uh, we moved, yeah. The I bug! Got, I got the bug. <laughs> Say, I got the virus. <laughs> Anyways. But, uh, 
Yeah, so we moved Buki to Nickel, and y'all know that I've been pretty much not the biggest on how Buki's been performing this year. He, strong safety, you're, you gotta come up and hit people, and in college, whenever you're hitting people with your shoulder, it ain't really getting the job done. No. No, and, and you know, the thing I was encouraged about with Buki's play is he seemed a lot more active, and what you really need to do is get him up front so he can be a little bit more aggressive, and... You saw that aggression uh, almost on that very almost pick six. It felt like TCU, the, like the whole game was just trying to give it to us, and we're like, mm, wait, we don't know how to catch the ball. That Khalil Houghton interception, the was absolute, was worse. that was like jackpot <laughs> by yourself, and they just threw a lob up, and he just watched it go and just just fell right through his hands. I, I mean, what I mean, what can I say? The two guys have been criticizing the most on the defense uh, this year. I tend to disappoint me again. Watching that hot and drop, it felt like I was having an out-of-body experience watching me uh, playing ta- like touch football in the backyard. It was awful. But yeah, we can just not get a turnover to save our lives unless, well, Parnell Motley has one in garbage time. Yeah, that's three now garbage time uh, interceptions for Parnell Motley, and that's just kind of weird to think because we played seven games and Parnell's gotten three garbage time interceptions. How many picks do we have? It can't be many. Uh, I can only think of the three Parnell ones, and then the weird one that bounced off of. Uh, yeah, that's a man. Yeah, the Kenneth Mann one that yeah, bounced Dylan, off our Dylan guy's head. Famatu yeah, Famatu's head. Yeah, that's the only four I can think of. I, I mean, it, our, our, I mean, our turnovers have been awful. There's only been one fumble recovery. It's. I mean, that's we always we always talk about that that we just really can't get interceptions. But on the bright side, even though we didn't get those two drops. I enjoyed seeing Buki's aggressiveness at going in front of the screen and trying to get it. That's something you want to see. So you got to applaud effort, even though I'm not really one to say, hey, A for effort. But um, He's a five-star he, guy. You, you can't be like, oh, good job, Buki. You get a gold gold star for yeah, that. Yeah, it's, you, you know, and you really want to see Buki do well because it's just – one of those guys that you could tell the whole team would feed off his energy, and he really needs to kind of get his swagger back with all that stuff. So I really am cheering for him to do better, but it's just like he needs to do just a wee bit better on that end. But um, other than that, on our defense, I'm still not also sold because we played against a quarterback, Michelle Robinson, who came into the game with a known shoulder injury, and Patterson just played him just because I I don't know why. He's apparently had it since Iowa State. Yeah, so he just has a he's been playing horrible. There's obviously something wrong, and he had a shoulder injury, and he just yeah he's just got evaluated for it after the game. So I don't know what's going on there. Michael Collins, backup quarterback, comes in. He starts slinging on us, and then until he gets that huge cut on his hand, uh, there was we were having some troubles. Yeah, no, he was slinging that ball around, um, and it, at first it was kind of just, oh, he got turpin in open space, but he threw a beautiful ball, you know, over to, you know, Rager that we were talking about earlier. Um, he can sling the ball around, but I gotta say, like, I kind of thought he was just sucking, but apparently, I I guess the, the, the term they used on the TV was, like, he, like... The, the padding on his arm or on his hand was like kind of off or it, it I, looked I don't like know. a big old like laceration that was like on like his palm to me Ugh. I mean I didn't really look into it much but I mean 
it's like whenever you have some big old it looks like a big old cut in your hand every time you grab that football and it's just it's, it doesn't feel too good yeah it and i think it was just pretty abundantly clear that this is just a tcu team that just isn't that good like, and their it, run defense was non I mean their run offense was non-existent. There wasn't really too much there to be concerned of. Like like I said earlier in the podcast, like they really did not get many yards on us. It just really was just kind of a non-electric team aside from a couple big plays from their athletes. Yeah, and, and it was just it was one of those where, you know, there were holes there and um I think I think the biggest thing to take away with this defense was the three second half points. That's that's huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Um, but in general, I think it was a great game from OU. I think uh, when you really think of our offense, you think of the explosion with the receivers and Kyler Murray in the passing game. But this was a running back just – this was a, a running clinic put on by our guy Kennedy Brooks. Yeah, y'all listen to it here. If y'all listen to the first podcast we put up, I was talking about how big I was on Kennedy Brooks. And uh, – I, I saw him in his game in high school, so I might have, kind of have a connection to him. I watched him at Mansfield, uh, but I I knew this guy is a big play threat. He can hit the holes. He's very smart hitting the right gap. That's one thing Trey Sermon doesn't do as well. He often misses the correct gap, but his physicality and ability to truck people over kind of makes up for it. They both played really well. They Trey Sermon had 110 yards. Kennedy Brooks had 168 yards, but... What you notice with Kennedy Brooks is he's averaging 9.3 yards per carry on that game. Like, this man would get us those 20-yard breakaways, you know, that would completely just alter the drive and completely shift momentum. Uh, That's just the kind of guy you want in your offense, and it doesn't have to be your number one guy. I'm not calling for Kennedy Brooks to be our number one guy. I would honestly prefer Trey Sermon to come out in the first drive, but he's an awesome second or third drive, come out someone fresh, and he can bust open a big play whenever we need it. Yeah, whenever the defense is kind of tired, and you could tell, you could tell that he has has had that second gear. Whenever he when he had ever whenever he hit that linebacker edge, it was over. That, yeah, the touchdown he had on the fourth down, you could really tell that Brooks just has this breakaway speed that we haven't really had since uh, since uh, Rodney Anderson went down. Exactly, and you know it, it was really nice. We saw him a little bit against Texas. But we kind of went away from the rushing game once we, you know, went down. It was really nice to see him against a team consistently uh, that wasn't, you know, like scrubs, like Baylor in the fourth quarter or yes. FAU. And you finally saw kind of what Lincoln was talking about, how since Rodney came went down, we're going to do kind of the next man up. Whoever's the hot hand, we're going to ride with it. Mm-hmm. We really didn't see that as much, I thought, because I thought he was kind of just hanging on to Marcellus Sutton and Trey Sermon and really kind of just pounding them. And not doing, and we were kind of calling for TJ Pledger and calling for Kennedy Brooks. But now that Kennedy Brooks has got some time, he really rode the hot hand with them this game. I don't think if Kennedy Brooks broke it open as many times as he did, if he would have gotten 18 carries. Yeah, I it was you could definitely tell that it was the hot hand effect. And but hopefully we get to see more of this. Hopefully Marcellus said just doesn't show up out of nowhere and they just keep handing it to him instead. Um, which I, I don't think that will happen. That that's a very John. Uh, Josh Heupel sort of thing to do. So I don't know. Um, overall, good game. I got. I got. I got to say this: if you're if you're thinking the defense is like way better because we held TC to three, I think that's a little bit of an over. You know, I don't don't freak out. The CCU team wasn't much, and going into this game, do not do not expect to see us uh, 
like if we if we and when we tear apart Kansas State, don't act like this is a team that can go toe to toe with Bama because it ain't. This Kansas State team, awful offensively. Do you know how many uh, how many receiving touchdowns they have this season? Probably like two. Let me take a look. It's six. They and, have six receiving touchdowns. And there have been a couple games where we've had six receiving touchdowns in one game. Yeah, their their tallest wide receiver is six foot tall. Well, that's a good sign. For that's us. a great sign for us. Um, I just this is just not a good team. Uh, they beat sure they put up some numbers on Oklahoma State, but I don't. That's also not a, that 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 defense is terrible. That's that I, Oklahoma State is just a complete dumpster fire to look at. Uh, and the funny part is we're using it in reference to K State, which is also a complete just. They're those two teams are extremely fickle. Like my my Martingale roulette betting strategy on K-State that I've been doing recently has just been terrorizing oh, me. No. I, I don't know what's going on, but K-State is very frustrating to bet against, but I think just watching it as a Sooner fan hoping for a win, I think we're going to have a good time. Yeah, I, this is going to be a romp. Um, their best player... Their best player is probably their back, Alex Barnes. He's had... By far. He had yeah. four touchdowns in the OSU game on the ground. Yeah, and... Um, Four touchdowns against OSU, had 250 yards against Baylor the week before that. Um, and then against OSU, uh, 130, or 181. The guy's really come on as of late. You look at his season rushing yards. It's They're pedestrian at best, but the guy the guy who's kind of come on, this is a rushing team, first and foremost. Skylar Thompson can you know put his head down and run a bit. Um, but, man, the guy can't throw. Yes. For the for those of you ha- that have not paid too much attention to K State this year and know that last year it was kind of a multi quarterback with Delton and Thompson, they've really shied away from Delton this year. Uh, people kind of figured him out. He was more of he's the rushing quarterback that can kind of just surprise you. But now that everybody knows who he is, he doesn't really have as good value anymore. So now Skylar Thompson's more of a traditional quarterback, but he's got the He's not a running quarterback, I want to say that, but he's got the ability to move out of the pocket. I know this is an extremely poor comparison, but he tries to mimic his game off of Aaron Rodgers. He's not anywhere close in the passing game to where he is. No. But like, think of a, a guy who can who sits in the pocket but has the ability to run and get on a first down if needed be. Exactly. He's he's not he's not a mobile quarterback. He's not a Kyler Murray. He's, I wouldn't even say he's an Ellinger when it comes to running. It's similar, kind of like Jarrett Stidham as well for for Auburn. Yeah, uh, but still not as good again. No, I, I just it's that play style where he has the legs to move, and if you gave him a forty time, it'd be it wouldn't be anything significant below four or five. But I wouldn't be surprised if he had like a four six, four seven in that range because he's he's decent. He's a decent athlete. Yeah, he's just he's not going to wow you with pretty much anything, but he but. This is a, this is this could be the type of quarterback where you could see blow up and have a big game. I don't think it'll happen. I uh, I think there's a very slim possibility, especially with how bad we are with figuring out Kansas State. That yeah, who knows? Maybe Bill Snyder this whole uh, bye week has been uh, installing like a triple option, and we're just going to be really screwed. And then we can't stop Skylar Thompson, and he has three touchdowns on us. The see, pessimist in me can see that happening. To be completely honest, that is honestly a point that I could see coming up. And if they, if they put in Delton in a random like package, you know, and they just ran triple option with him, 
kind of like as we use the belldozer like they're not going to do it every single play like army but yeah. i would not be surprised if they try to utilize that it, because you know that uh snyder is going to be smart enough to look at stuff i mean he's not just yes he's an old fuddy dud old man but he's like he's not your stereotypical old man where he sticks to his old ways and rolls on like he he will adapt yeah, and the only the only reason why I couldn't see that happening is because Barnes is literally the only running back. The other the other two um, top rushers for Kansas State are Skylar Thompson and Alex Delton, and both are quarterbacks. So it's not exactly like they have a stable of backs or anything. But that being said, there are enough corn corn fed boys in Kansas that he could probably just stack up a bunch of like uh, fullbacks and just run it up our throat every time. Oh yeah, but I don't know. I I don't think that'll happen. I just I just have. I always feel weird about Bill Snyder, especially in Norman for some reason. Well, you've got you've had this weird thing for K State this year, which really didn't come to fruition. No, I but was... it's okay because I had a weird thing for TCU that really didn't come to well, fruition. Well, at least you at least you had reason for TCU. <laughs> I just was like, I don't know. Bill Snyder looks looks uh, crafty this year, but and I mean TCU I... went to the Big Twelve last year. See, I don't I... think it's that bad. I kind of was like, I mean, I had K-State in the middle of the pack. I mean, you thought they'd be at least somewhat decent. They sh- they showed out great last year. They had a great, okay, in retrospect, this doesn't look as good, but they had a great bowl win at the time versus UCLA, which seemed to be good. Yeah. And uh, I, I thought there was good momentum, and all of a sudden just something weird happened that first game of the season when they were playing South Dakota, and ever since then, K-State has just been kind of just really iffy the whole year. I think my biggest thing on why I put K-State so far ahead is I thought this would be a down year for the Big 12, and it kind of has been. Oh, it most definitely has. I just thought they'd kind of, with how Snyder works and how consistent Kansas State is, that they'd somehow kind of rise to the top and just just by being, you know, disciplined and not turning the ball over. And I... They they just they've just been really rough. Um, and they might I don't know they might turn it on a bit. They no they're not they're they're pretty bad. Um, kind of thought for a second and the team I kind of thought I, I was this close to doing it that I kind of went soured on them. I kind of thought Tech would would do good and they have done really well. But also I feel like that's a team that could just lose. It, the bottom could just kind of come out and they aren't that great. It's this Alan Bowman is it's just if they have Alan Bowman they're doing awesome and when they don't they just haven't they've done like not that good. They beat T, I mean, T, uh, TCU without him but that hasn't really said much to it. That doesn't have much ground to it. But this Alan Bowman get true freshman like you don't really see a true freshman quarterback that much of a difference maker especially in the Big 12. I mean look at it. Look at the OSU situation right now. How much do the fans in OSU up in Stillwater want another quarterback than Cornelius? But Gundy is so inclined that he says that young quarterbacks can't work in the Big 12 that he has to play this experienced Cornelius guy. And he doesn't go with Drew Brown at all. Yeah, and then he got burnt by two freshman quarterbacks. And then it's still, it is still saying, eh, I don't know why, don't trust freshmen. Like, I, don't, I do not get that one bit. Yeah, I mean, look at this. Is it is it Purdy a true freshman too? The Alex Purdy kid. For, uh, uh, or, I, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he is. I don't. I don't know. But geez. all I know, all I know is that uh, Texas Tech is proving to us that you can play a young quarterback. It's going to be a scary game in Lubbock next weekend. Like not not this weekend, but the next. That's especially if they, they have it on an option, so it could be two thirty or seven o'clock. So hopefully it's it's early because I'd like a two thirty. I would love a two thirty. The golden hour, man. Yeah, that would be good. And for an away game, I mean, two thirty is just awesome. Oh, it's perfect. I 
I personally like having uh, earlier games on the away games because it's just easier to watch them on TV and then you can kind of carry on with your day. Exactly. Well, I think that's 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 all we have to say for Kansas State. You know, and we got the two thirty game this Saturday, we, which at home it is the best time ever because we do not have to deal with any of our problems at the bars after the game that we've mm-hmm. discussed. There's not going to be a complete all these people leaving the second and third quarter influx the bars and then the loyal fans have no chance at having fun yep. that night. Everyone either goes to the bars immediately, gets tired, and leaves before it's the prime time to go to the bars. Or they just leave the game, and it's perfect. So now there's, it's going to be the group of people who go to the two thirty game. That there's going to be a sliver of people who go to still tailgates after. There's going to be a sliver of people that go to Campus Corner, get something to eat, and stay out. And then there's going to be a lot of people who go home. So there's going to be a lot of people in different areas. There's not going to be a big crowd after the game. So it's really going to allow all of the fans to kind of do what they want. Yeah, the game. it's a golden hour. I love it. The only reason, the only thing I don't like about it is that we're going to miss the Georgia Florida game, which is pretty much the only good game on. Uh, yeah, I. That's I, okay. I don't just watching Florida games is just so bland to me, though. I, and Georgia. I don't. I, I, Georgia is the least cool because they got a lot of really good athletes, and I'm not saying that Florida doesn't, but Georgia's got like the best athletes almost every single year. And they got that Holyfield kid, yeah, which is yeah. so fun. He's so fun to watch. And he's and he's not even their best running back on the team. No. So so that's just crazy. But I'm thinking with Florida, every single time I see them on the guide in the CBS 2:30, you know, yeah, so just kind of just like, eh, why not? And then I look at it for about. Maybe 15 minutes and I get bored and I'd rather watch some really crappy Pac-12 game. I've just never liked Dan Mullen teams. I've, they, they always bore me. That's and I'm right true. On Dan, it's, it, it is Dan Mullen. I, I'm a, we it's are Mullen. last, we are last name podcast, so. <laughs> we, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it just, the SEC is kind of boring to me this year. So I, I say with K-State, just the last words on it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not afraid at all of the passing game with Skylar Thompson, uh, I don't think there's we're gonna. I think we're gonna actually have a good secondary game. I'm gonna go out and say Buki gets his first interception of the, of the season this game. Mm-hmm. I like the way he's been playing in the nickel and he's being aggressive, and I think it's gonna really irk him that he dropped that one. And he's gonna get. A, he's gotten a lot of bad press for it, and I think he's the kind of guy who's gonna come into a game with a chip on his shoulder and go get him one. Uh, I think we'll have probably two interceptions. That's that's my bold prediction for the game. I think that's a good bold prediction. I um, I think my bold prediction is going to be uh, my bold prediction is going to be three touchdowns for Kennedy Brooks. Is that bold? It's, it's lukewarm at best. No, well, I'm I'm going to be very very interested now that, that he this really was last TCU game was not really his breakout game. It wasn't his coming out party. You know, because yeah. he had his moments beforehand. But this was the game where he got serious volume. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see what volume we give to our backs. And this game, I don't expect it to be too high-paced. So I'm going to be interested how much we run the ball. Yeah. I I would not be surprised if we ran the ball a lot. I could see – I really think this could be very much like the 55-0 uh, route we put on K State a couple years ago. Oh yeah, that that was didn't we just that was that 2015. That was uh, yeah 2015. Because it was, we came out from the Texas loss and yeah. we were really pissed and we went and we just took all of our anger out on K State. Yeah, poor just 
yeah, just routed them. But actually, no. Okay, here's what my bold prediction will be. I think we'll have a special teams touchdown. Which oh, we've been waiting for that. Okay, that's one thing we didn't we, discuss we, yeah. in the last game. We had we. I've been talking big Beamer ball. We had reverse Beamer ball last game. It was really rough. It's we we've had a couple of down weeks of Beamer ball recently, and we need we need to pick me up. Yeah, this has been. It was not a Beamer ball week. It was. It, it was, in terms of receiving and all that stuff, like yeah, it was okay, but the 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 coverage on Turpin, uh, just awful, just awful. But what did you think about the penalty about the Dragon Ball Z? Oh my God! I apparently I I I missed it, which I think was ridiculous. I I they they've been doing celebrations all all season long. This seems like a stupid like the league probably sent a memo down and then. They never told OU about it, and they're like, oh, well, we'll show them. And I, I just I don't understand why college kids can't have fun after a touchdown. It's ridiculous. I understand that they were following the rules, so we really can't argue because the college players should know that you can't do a choreographed touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they it's whenever they act surprised about this happen, it's not because they knew what they were doing was uh, wrong. It was more because it's just people, they've let it slide this whole time. Yeah. So it's just like, why would you let it slide this whole time? And now it finally happens. I, it's more of just the culture of they're watching the NFL, you know, and every single touchdown is a celebration. And, uh, I mean, Marquise Brown, uh, I forget, some mock draft just came out uh, today, and it had him as the first wide receiver taken in the draft. I can it, see it was that. like a, It was actually a reputable one. It wasn't some fan-sided thing that, <laughs> that Ford Brandon always looks up. Yeah, it was not a Ford Brandon. Uh, Clutch Brandon. points. It, oh. it wasn't that. Look at the slideshows <laughs> of the best uh, wide receivers this year. Yeah, um, but they had, they had Marquise Brown getting picked over A.J. Brown, and th- that was really, uh, really surprising to me. And it's part of the reason with that is just watching Tyreek Hill in the NFL because, I mean, it's you were concerned about Marquise. Remember, Marquise Brown has a really cool story because this guy was a JUCO, and we he came to us and he's um you wouldn't really think that this low he's a three star guy coming in small guy didn't have much size on him was quick but he really 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 turned out into a really cool story and how he broke out last year now he's people are talking about him being the first wide receiver in the draft. Yeah, it's it's wild. We're uh we've kind of talked about being being uh what what what, what did we say transfer you juco you? Oh yeah. Kind of we we're, no. we're juco no, we're receiver tra- you. We're transfer you. We're transfer receiver you. Look at DD Westbrook came from a juco. Uh CD Lamb and we're walk on you CD as Lamb. well. CD Lamb was not. Uh yeah, walk on and transfer Jalen Saunders, uh yeah. DD Westbrook, yeah. uh and then Marquise Brown. Yeah. We're all juco slash transfer guys. That's it's, it's incredible. We're just we're just really good at that. You know, we're I think I think our uh, our receivers are easily our strongest position. Looking forward. Speaking of looking forward, let's take a trip down to the uh, to the Cruton Corner. Jameson, uh, anything to kind of kind of catch your eye? Yeah, I, I think so there is. I've been really looking into. So a lot of y'all know from if you've looked back at the spring game since then, whenever the recruiting got really hot in 2019 class, there was a name Chris Steele. That was going around. He's a five-star rivals quarter cornerback um, out of California, and he committed to USC, and things kind of dropped off. But he recently decommitted from USC, and a lot of Sooner fans, and from what people have read, they said, "Oh, if he's going out of state, it's either OU or Florida." 
it's really not looking too good for us, I don't think. I think that he... There's obvious reasons recruits are not really wanting to go to USC right now because it's just not looking like a good atmosphere. Clay Helton's about to get yeah. fired and they know it. Yeah, and... Ford. And uh, it's just... There's really with USC. There's really not much optimism that is just coming out. I no. just it's it's not like there's one thing they can fix and then they'll get back to being their normal USC. Like this, it just looks really odd to where they're going to be kind of like a number four team in the Pac-12 for a while, you know. But so with Chris Steele, it's so whenever he decommitted, if you go look on two four seven and all the crystal balls, not a single expert picked him to go to OU after he decommitted. And a lot picked him to go to Florida, and a couple picked Oregon, which came out of nowhere. That was weird. So, yeah, that's not looking too good. But on the bright side, uh, Marcus Stripling, defensive end, uh, Houston area kind of guy, he looked like strong Texas A&M for a while, but Texas A&M is overly recruiting a bunch of defensive ends, so he might come up, end up coming to us because we have a spot for him in Texas A&M doesn't. Not only that, but early playing time. And that's yes. something that we've always been able to sell guys on, is early mm-hmm. playing time, especially at the defense position. Because if you you can you can come here, you can start right away and, you know, really yeah, make an and, impact. And Chris Steele might not be able to do that at Florida. I mean, he's a talent, so you definitely could. But you can't deny these recruits. All of them love Buki. They're their favorite. He's his favorite. their favorite person. Every single time they come for a visit, Buki always goes to the little photo area, and they take photos with him, and they get photos of him on the sideline. This is it's because it's a true freshman who just went straight into a blue blood um, program who just made the the final four, and mm-hmm. he's starting. And even though our defense is weak, that's still remarkable. And you can't say that as a defensive back, Chris Steele, who's good friends with. Uh, Buki, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't want to come and do that himself as well. Yeah, and even with his, with Buki's rough, you know, kind of season so far, he still made a, like a like a freshman All American list. Oh yeah, yeah, which is just and, and that that might be a little bit of the hype, but yeah, that, and that's also because he's uh, playing a lot and getting a lot of snaps. Mm-hmm. But uh, you you can't deny that, and the same thing goes for Jordan Battle, the uh, Florida safety that we've been trying to recruit. You've got to look at our um, in our secondary, and you say, "I can go win those spots. I can go in, and I can, I can work with Buki, and he's going to come back and be even better. And we're going to be young guys, and we're going to change this uh, secondary." So, uh, other than that, really not too much steam with anything. Uh, it's kind of just a wait and see. A lot of recruits scheduling for uh, Bedlam weekend because that's our last home game. So, I think Bedlam weekend. I think. We'll sh- well, I think we'll get a. Li- I'm not saying we'll get an eye bedlam weekend, but I think we'll get some good information that I can bring back Jameson's recruiting corner for it. For sure, yeah. It, it bedlam weekend's gonna be a. That's gonna be a huge recruiting weekend, especially with with the, uh, OSU being down. It's gonna be very. Yeah, we've got a very lot. Important. We got a lot of visitors. Yeah. Um. So while we're before we jump into picks, let's take a little look at the uh, landscape of college football. Take a little look at the playoff picture. It's the last week before the uh, committee releases their rankings. Um, how do uh, how do you after Ohio State going down? How do you think uh, things look in terms of getting into the the, the final four? I think it's going to be one of those things where we're going <laughs> to 
be at the very end, and we're going to have to listen to Joey Galloway on the CFB ESPN2 television show talking about which conference has more prestige and which one lost team should get in over the other. You know, because it's really going to come down to that. Because I don't... I, I could see Clemson losing, but I still think if Clemson loses one, I think they um, would still get in just because of their reputation of this year. Um, Alabama... I was thinking about this. If you could guarantee LSU wins out for the rest of the season and they um, for sure go to the um, SEC championship, if Alabama just purposely lost to them, they wouldn't have to deal playing with Georgia. Alabama, that's what I'm thinking. And they would still get to the playoffs. Alabama, here's the thing. If you're Alabama, you throw the LSU (laughs) game. You throw that. Maybe not hard because, honestly, you could still lose close and be okay. Throw it. Don't don't do not play that game. It, you're you're gonna not beat it. you're gonna beat Mississippi State. You're gonna beat the Citadel, and you're gonna beat Auburn at home. Just throw the game. You'll get in. LSU will probably get in too. The problem is, is if they throw it and then they accidentally get into the SEC championship, and then they'd have to play Georgia. Then they'd be um, playing that game for the championship. Yeah, but the with the thing with um, Alabama is. With last year, them not going to the SEC championship, you know, and then still getting into the playoffs, can you foresee a situation where they go to the championship, then lose, and then still get in the playoffs? Because that's a different story. I would agree with that. Uh, I think I think what would matter is is would Georgia be going or would Florida be going? If it's if it's a one loss Florida team that just beat Alabama, I could see them being like, well, Alabama just lost. And you know, Florida obviously just won. We're going to stick in Florida. It if 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 Alabama is the only SEC team that's getting in, it's probably yeah, I could see that. But if it's one or the other, I don't think they would put in both after they just There's won. Just no, lost. I just I I don't see any way that with Alabama's. So what are Alabama's big wins so far this season? Yeah, cricket. It's 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 Texas A and M is what I'm putting on the devil's advocate Aggie hat right now. It's Texas A and M. Yeah, and yeah, Texas A and M has done well and everything, but <laughs> usually, usually they don't have their really kind of big hat to hang on. Like, what what was their non conference schedule? Uh, Louisville. It was like Louisville, Louisiana, Monroe, or Lafayette. Wrong, whatever. Um, yeah, and then Arkansas State, Louisville, Arkansas State, Citadel, and Louisiana uh, Lafayette. Yeah, and it, that's that's. <sighs> so usually, if you're wanting to get in as a team that is a one-loss team, non-conference championship, you have to have this big win that they hang their hat on. Mm-hmm. And if they ended up losing in the conference championship, and that's their one loss, that's going to be. I could still see them putting them in, but that's going to be cause a lot of problems. Well, to be fair, they would have their LSU win. Yeah, but LSU and Baton Rouge, they're in. Probably, because there's no other team that would beat them and would get in, in on the West over them. And I, I, I could see them. I could see them giving them a. That here's the thing. If, for all you guys scoring at home, we've, we've been through two of this. You've been two, through two of them. It's a simple thing. You, this is how OU can get into the playoff. You need Alabama to win out. You need Georgia and, and, and uh, Notre Dame. They're irrelevant. Just assume they keep winning because they probably will. 
Yeah, it's weird, but you're, we're actually huge Alabama fans. Because if Alabama wins out, it's absolutely ensured that there's no... One SEC team. Double No SEC doubt, team. one SEC team. If, if Notre Dame or Clemson goes down, that's fine. That helps, but it's not necessary. I do not think... Uh, I, crazy to say, I think that we still do not get in over a one-loss Notre Dame team. No, I don't think because, we... I, or, or Clemson. I don't think we would. Yes. No, me neither on either of those two because Notre Dame has their big Stanford win and they have their big, huge, which is looking like now, Michigan win. Yeah. So the only way that happens... pac is out of the conversation. We don't need to talk about Pac-12. No, We just not. need the Big Ten to cannibalize themselves. And... The Big Ten Championship is going to be a very huge game. What would need to happen here is Ohio State needs to lose another game. or uh, Penn St- We need a two-loss team playing in the Big Ten Championship. We, we need a two-loss Big Ten champ, yes. without a doubt. Um, whether that's Michigan or Ohio State. Honestly, here's the biggest question. One loss Ohio State, one loss OU. It's got to be one loss OU that, even if they didn't get to redeem the Texas loss, you got to give it to them. What about one loss Michigan versus one loss OU? That, I think, well, that was my last point, is one loss Michigan has to lose again. Yeah, because if Michigan, I think they'd give the nod to Michigan because they are on a huge winning streak, kind of similar to what Mm -hmm. Ohio State was when they won their national championship the first year that the playoffs were there. They a very forgettable loss. They lost their first game to a Notre Dame, who would, would have been a hypothetical playoff team in this scenario. And then they went out and they beat teams in the Big Ten. I, I We need Michigan to lose one more game. Uh, yes, for sure. And that's that's why a two-loss a two-loss uh, two uh, Big Ten team would guarantee an OU, uh, an OU Final Four bid, I think. It gets a little iffy when you're, you'd never want to be it. Ask, ask TCU, ask Baylor. You never want to be on that last day st- stuck between Ohio State or, uh, or or yourself because that's that's a coin flip. Granted, we're OU, so hopefully they wouldn't leave. They, they probably wouldn't leave us out. Yeah, there's a couple of big – so not this week, but the next week. <laughs> Michigan, Penn State, that's a huge game. And yeah. then Alabama, LSU. Oh, and that's at, uh, that's at Happy Valley, too. Yeah, so oh, yeah. Penn State beating Michigan the following week would be very, very, very nice for our case. Yeah, and then... Michigan, and then Iowa beating Penn State this week, and then they just cannibalize each other. Well, Penn State already has two losses. Mm-hmm. So, Penn State's gone. You just need... I could, Yeah, the Big Ten's going to collapse in on itself again. I, I, could, I'm, I'm, I think that's going to happen. All, main point, I want to say... Just oh, you need to just take care of their business. They need to win the two big road games. They got to win the Big Twelve title against maybe Texas. I don't see. I don't. I, I'm starting to think Texas might not have the ability to do it. I think they could trip up trip up along the way. Uh, it could be. I don't. I don't know. It's going to be a tough ride. Yeah. So cheer against all Big Ten favorites is the yeah. moral of the story, and cheer for Alabama. Yeah. You. You. Yeah. If we need, we need Bama to win. And we need a two-loss Big Ten champ, then it's a guarantee. All right. Well, that's enough hypothetical stuff. Let's get right into our picks. This is going to be a tough week. 
It was a tough week for me last last week. Went one in seven, but you know what? It's it's because we pick all these primetime games, and those are always going to be really hard to bet on. Yeah, like the really like the easier way to it's whenever you navigate through kind of college football and kind of find those weird like mid level games. We were out of our element because we we had we only had two Big Twelve. Twelve games, so we're out of our Big Twelve country. So we had to we had to pick a bunch of other ones. And yeah, and now, and now we got it. We got our decent decent amount of Big Twelve. We got all of them back. Yeah, I mean, you 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 and Blake did fine. I had a terrible week, but he the only thing that to, to, I'm going to take the bait on NC State. I, I yeah, <laughs> I took the bait. I, and that's the thing. I knew I was I knew I was taking the bait. Anyways, I, the only thing that matters, I won money. I I was three and zero. And uh, everything I picked, I, I, it was OU, the over in the OU-TCU game, and uh, Purdue in the middle of the game. I uh, slid in when they were, uh, they were up like 7-3 or something. I was like, okay, I'll pick, I'll pick Purdue uh, plus like 8. Uh, well, that was easy. You should have money lined that. I did money line it actually. Oh, yeah? It was. It was I wouldn't say plus eight. It was like it was Purdue. It was money line at that point, and I was freaking Probably out. Like minus two fifty or something. At oh that yeah. Point. So I basically kind of sold. Yeah, I pretty much. I sold my soul so that's, we could. That's uh, a pretty dang good pick. It was a good day. I'm uh, my 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 bavada is flush with money, and I'm happy. Let's get on to this week, though. We got the world's largest cocktail party ahead of us. Uh, so it's it's Florida Georgia top ten matchup. Uh, the Bulldogs are favored by six and a half. James, what do you think? I'm not the biggest fan of, uh, like, like I said, with Florida and everything, but they, you cannot deny what they've done thus far. They've been very solid in everything they've done. That they, they beat LSU, a team that has gone out to show that they are giant killers and they have capability. So if you want to use the transit property, Florida beat LSU, LSU beat Georgia. So you'd think that Florida would be able to beat Georgia just handily, but I'm not really buying it. I, I think Georgia's going to go out and have a really good game. I think they're going to put on a, like a, more points than usual for an SEC point um, game. I think they win by like 17 here. Yeah, I can see that. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how Georgia bounces back after that really tough LSU loss. I like Florida in this one. I, at least I like them to cover. Um, I think it's going to be a very close game. I and honestly, I, I I'm gonna pick Florida to win outright. But if this if this I, I just feel like if if this is a close game and it will be, um, the chances of Georgia really winning big, I I, I I don't know. I think this is gonna be a close one. I'm going Florida. It's I don't. A, there's it's, nothing. It's I have a to very say it's a this. very difficult pick. It's a really tough one with SEC football because it's very easy where this could be a very just 17-13 game where you just kind of. Like we said, the 230 CBS game. Uh, or it could be Georgia shows their skill sets and they just dominate. And yeah, so for the next pick, uh, Iowa at Penn State. Penn State minus 6.5. Uh, another really tough game because these are just two teams. Like, I We were looking at this earlier. Iowa like was surprisingly done very well. <laughs> they were yeah. a one-loss team. And they only lost to Wisconsin. And they've handily won and done really well. Don't forget they beat an Iowa State team that is shown to be pretty good this season. So, like, there's really no knock on Iowa. Yeah. But it's in Happy Valley. It has the very, very, uh, as you say, minus 6.5 is very, very, uh, I like that line. I can't think of the word for it. But it's it makes it where that Penn State touchdown would be very nice. I could see this being really close. This, this I I would never ever ever pick this game if I had money to put on it. 
But uh, screw it, just give me Penn State. <laughs> yeah, I again, I really hate all of these lines. A lot of thirteen and a halfs and a lot, a lot of six and a halfs. So I'm there's not going to be a lot of spread on this one. I'm I'm keeping it concentrated. Probably. That being said, I think this Iowa team is is completely being disrespected. Only ranked 18th, despite only having one loss to a pretty solid Wisconsin team. I I think they they have a very very good non conference win in Iowa State. Um, and, we, and like like you said, it's a win that looks better and better. Uh, Iowa State very well could be the third bet like by the end of this. The very well could be the third like best team in the Big Twelve. They could crawl their way into that. Um, so I I, th- I think we're about to see just how good this Iowa team is. I think they even have. Pot- I'm just whispering to you here. I think they even have potential to get into the Big Ten championship um, if things go off the rails with Wisconsin. I'm just saying this this could be a team that could you could you could see uh, just like creeping on into you know late 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 December doing some weird stuff here. So I'm going Iowa. I think this is going to be a pick that we're going to look back on and be like, you know what? Iowa actually was pretty good this whole time. Yeah, and I think with Iowa, they lost some some players to the draft. Um, Josie Jewell, their linebacker, was kind of their do-it-all kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And they really haven't missed a beat. They played really good defense. But I, there's whenever you think of Iowa, there hasn't been too much hype, and it's because they don't have that big-time player guy. And it's just hard for me to bring myself to think that a team can come. And even though Penn State has a two-loss team, but whenever you go over into Nittanyville, it's very, very hard to get a win there unless you have like a like a you know a Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just not sold on them. Yeah. App State almost did it. I know. I just you. I I just think that Penn State they they've got to have a game where they really show out because they've got the talent there. And uh, I think I think that's a good one. I think they can get hyped up for. So, what do you think about Washington State at Stanford? Stanford favored by three. Um, you know, I I wasn't big on Washington State. I was kind of big on them. I, not really. I thought it was going to be a bit of a toss up. I liked the Herbert kid from Oregon last week. I don't know. I if you kind of look at it, it's kind of funny. If everything goes to absolute hell, Washington State somehow is the only chance. The only chance the Pac-12 has. They only have one loss. Uh, a really dubious one to uh, USC, but I don't know. I, I think things are going weird on the Palouse. I think um, I think old. I think I think Mike Leach has them rolling, and I know Stanford's tough. I, I just I'm just not really big on Stanford this year. I think they're on a down year. Just barely beat uh, Arizona State last weekend. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Washington State to cover and probably when this is again terrible line i would i'm not i i hate all of these picks i hate them all but i'm going with washington state disclosure uh i'm not advocating washington state as something special this year but i was i was kind of big on stanford uh to begin the year i really like what they had in their pieces they had some big name pieces in kj costello jjr sega whiteside and bryce love but Bryce Love has fallen off the end of the earth. I don't know if that's because of his ankle injuries that he's been nagging at it, but he just, he's not gotten the hype that everyone thought he would this season. KJ Costello, that's put a lot on his shoulders, and I think he's kind of been forcing it. Uh, so, I mean, even though Stanford's at home here, they played Utah at home and still lost by 19. And even though Utah's actually shown to be a kind of a weirdly sneaky good team, still, it's Utah. 
Um, only beating Arizona State last week by seven was concerning. Uh, and ever since that Notre Dame game, they just lost their spunk. They shouldn't have beat that Oregon team. Uh, give me Washington State here. Uh, I don't feel confident on this game again. Uh, really could go either way, just depending on if Stanford brings their game that they should have at the beginning of the season or if they continue to play like they have been playing. Yeah, Washington State, I'm calling it right now. They're going to be in the Rose Bowl, partying it up like it's 2003. I would love to see that. Shout out to Quentin Griffin and the boys back from that one. Uh, Next up, this is a game you've had circled literally since the preseason, Jameson. Uh, Baylor at West Virginia. Um, The Mountaineers are a 13.5 point favorite. What what do you think? You're you're, you're still riding with your. I'm still uh, riding. Pick? I'm still riding Baylor money line here. Just take it, take it, take it, take it. Uh, I really wish the story was better, and Iowa State didn't ruin my storyline. They really soiled but, that, but one. they did. And but I, what Iowa State did is show that West Virginia is vulnerable. But the problem with it, with this pick here, with me picking Baylor, is that Baylor's defense is going to really struggle to stop West Virginia. And Iowa State has a good defense, and they were able to stop them. Uh, I think it's going to be high-scoring game. Uh, I'm saying Baylor Moneyline more as a joke now just because I said it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't foresee it as much now. I could see it as a chance, but I really do see Baylor kind of slinging the ball around, putting some points on the board, and I'd say I'd say they lose by ten. I think that I think that's my realistic position uh, prediction. Yeah, and I honestly, this was a this was this was a tough one to meet for me until I saw the line um, thirteen and a half. I, that's a little too much. I, I know. I think I think a lot of betters are probably thinking that that Iowa State game was a bit of an anomaly for West Virginia. I'm willing to bet it wasn't. Baylor's one of those teams that. Uh, if given the opportunity, can keep it close. I've been really impressed with uh, how they have been in the middle of this season. I'm gonna go Baylor to cover. I I like the I like the Bears. Probably they're probably not gonna win, but I can see them sneaking in a little backdoor. Thirteen and a half is just the number I love to see here. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Baylor. The sad part is these four picks. I have not felt a lick of confidence on every single one. Oh no, I I'm basically doing this blindfolded. It's kind of just like, eh, screw it. This next one, oh boy, here's another one that just says, I have no idea. Jesus. Texas Tech at Iowa State, minus three and a half. Because, honestly, picking the Big 12 is extremely difficult because you never know what you're going to get out of each team. Iowa State has shown that they've been something special, but they're 3-3 three and three on the season, uh, so just don't forget that. And uh, I understand they have big win versus West Virginia and everything, but... It's hard for me to go against Texas Tech right now, the way they're playing with Alan Bowman. They're just complete night and day with him, and with him being back last week, they went out and completely... I understand that it was Kansas, but they destroyed the line on it, and Bowman had four touchdowns. Uh, You've got to like what they've got there, and Iowa State's a really, really tough team and everything, and they kind of win by being gritty. And it being in Ames is also very scary, as Bobby would say, it's very spooky. It's spooky uh, season. Uh, but uh, it's not quite Halloween yet. Give me Texas Tech. Yeah, it, honestly, I'm. This is tough. I I felt I circled Iowa State already, and I felt not confident in it until I looked up that it was an 11 a.m. kickoff. That Ames Ames is not spooky at 11 a.m. The only it's it's just. I don't know. I feel no confidence in this. I think this is a game. I feel like you can see this a lot. There, there are several t- matchups where you can see how 
this is this is a sun or it's going to be a Saturday. We're going to see where one of these teams is going to go. Either Iowa State or Texas Tech is going to be in the upper echelon of the Big Twelve for this run. And oh, this is tough. I just I don't know. Um, you know what? I, if it was anywhere else, an eleven a.m. game would be an issue uh, for the home squad. But Iowa State has a bar that opens up at six and sells chili, so. I guess I'll give it to them. I, I'm gonna I'll go go Iowa State minus three and a half. After you told me about it being 11 a.m. and not being a spooky, that's probably the most confident I felt on all of these picks. I, so I know I, I feel unconfident in it, but the Reds. I don't want to go back on my red circle on my on my thing. Well, once again, another wonderful great line here in the Big 12. TCU at Kansas plus 13 and a half. What do you think? I actually like. I don't know why I like this one, but I really do. I'm gonna go Kansas. Not just not just plus 13 and a half. I'm gonna go straight up. Um, for some weird reason, TCU has always struggled with Kansas. Uh, they've always had really, really weirdly close games. It's never made any sense. Um, Kansas is... They're, they're not great. Definitely not great. Um, but you know what? I i just have a weird feeling after, I, when TCU bottoms out, they bottom out. The whole Turpin thing is a disaster for them. Uh, you know, having, I'm sure this other quarterback was way better than then Robinson was playing and he, you know, has a working shoulder. But I just have a feeling that for a team that's been as good as they've been the past couple years, this is just like one where they show up and they're, they're zombies. It'll be the walking dead. So I have Kansas in a, in a very inspired win. Um, I think they'll definitely cover. So I have no idea on this one. <laughs> TC is the biggest question mark right now of every single college football team in America with their quarterback being gone, their number one nor number two wide receiver being gone, coming off a big loss to OU, finally the reality hitting them saying we are not the team that we were thought we were going to be. It's, it's a lot of turnover this week, and, and there's a lot of off-the-field distraction with it being uh, the whole Kansas issue. Uh, I mean, the whole, the whole, what am I saying? Turpin. The, whole, the whole Turpin issue. But, uh, 13 and a half, very alluring line again. And it being in Lawrence, there's nothing there that makes it, oh, Kansas has the home advantage. It's like the L.A. Chargers. There's no advantage there. You just go in, and it's almost a neutral field. I, I kind of like what I saw coming out of Michael Collins, and if he could patch up his hand, like he came into the game through two quick touchdowns. If, I mean, if you could do that and just kind of hold down the fort, TCU's defense is decent. Like, I don't foresee another team really holding OU unless it's we shoot ourselves in the foot to any less than 50 points. And we had 52 versus TCU. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, TCU's defense rolls out and holds Kansas to like three points or something and just has a really sloppy 17-3 to win. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. Um, next up, I... Man, it's 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 uh, the Orange Bowl and not a fun one. It's Texas at OSU. Uh, Texas is, or, yeah, Texas favored by three and a, by three fifty. Nice three and a half points. Yes, very good. Um, I'm going lock 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 city on Texas. OSU is garbage. I don't care if it's what they what they call America's greatest homecoming. I don't care if they're wearing the Barry Sanders jerseys. I don't care that Texas has looked shaky, because they have. This OSU team is garbage. It's going to keep going down down the toilet. Um, I think I think Texas wins. I think they. I don't think they win big, but I definitely think they cover three and a half. That's a joke of a line. 
and it's going to bite me in the ass, and Texas is going to lose. But the worst, but what's what what's the worst thing that can happen? It's either Texas losing or OSU losing. Sure, get whatever the rematch, whatever. I you know what? OU's going to be fine. You heard my you heard my theory. Just I'm going to go Texas. Big lock. Big 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 lock. See, I thought that at first, and then I started to think about it. We were working with a team. This is Texas that lost to Maryland. And there's a lot of hype coming from them, but let's not forget the Maryland game. They have that capability. Let's not forget the Tulsa game. They have that capability. We should not trust Texas in any shape, way, shape, or form, just as we do not trust K-State in any single line. Uh, I don't think that there should be any lock placed upon almost any team in the Big 12 from now on. Uh, even though Dirty's Lock of the Week did was successful last week, I feel like OU lines, you can kind of do it, but... Anything that has to do with Texas, OSU, K-State, those are just stay-away, never-lock games. With Texas, I I think that they'll win. I feel like after our loss in that podcast, I kind of circled this game as a possible upset OSU could pull off. But whenever you have all these Mike Gundy issues with OSU, that's when you know it's really bad. Because usually that's kind of their fallback. This is a guy that they had to pay extra money to keep because he, people actually thought he might get a better job. Yeah, that like, Gundy strategy really works. Yeah, and if you know that Mike Gundy doesn't really care about anything anymore and is just making smoothies and putting vodka in it, you know that OSU is kind of falling down. You can tell the OSU student section, the OSU stadium isn't really doing it as much. Uh Texas, three and a half. Screw it. Take it. Uh, I won't be hurt if I lose it. Yeah, I, I get that. Now, next we got, oh, geez. Yeah, K-State at OU. Oh, OU minus 25. I don't really know how to feel about this one. Jameson, what do you have to say, do you think? Are you, are you riding with the Marvin Gaye roulette strategy? Yeah, I uh, I, I didn't, think... I couldn't remember who... Martin, Martin Gale. It's Marvin Gaye. I'm just going to call him Marvin Gaye. I, I like that. I, I have no nothing against the Mar- Marvin Gaye. But uh, <laughs> I don't really have much to say here again. I just see the K-State on this, and I don't really care what the number is. Give me OU. In all honesty, I feel pretty confident on it. Uh, I think that if we could just play some decent run defense, we could hold them to very minimal points. But that is a very, very uh, lofty expectation. Uh, OU's going to score the points. Yeah. I... And with our new four-man front, you'd think that we're going to be able to stop the run a little bit better. And we saw kind of a little bit of that in the TCU game, even though they don't have a rushing attack much. Um, I feel pretty good. Give me OU minus 25. Yeah, I I think OU... I think it, Kansas State has a, a, a defense that it's not good. It's not really bad. It's just kind of there. Uh, it's not going to be any match for OU. I think OU is going to score a ton of points. I think there will be defensive breakdowns, probably on the rushing, probably only on the rushing game. However, I look. I Kansas State could probably score twenty five points, and OU still going to cover. I think this is going to be an absolute blowout. I got I got the Sooners uh, covering and winning this one. So I feel like it, it could be definitely a blowout. I. I don't get really too much feeling from this that it could be kind of one of those annoying games. Uh, And I think it's, even though it was a little bit of shaky week versus TCU, I feel like we've got some positive momentum. And since we do have the talent in our players, 
I think if they do feel kind of that positive momentum behind them, I think that's a good sign, especially versus a horrible team in Kansas State. Yeah, this is not a good team. I think OU wins big. Um, and I, I don't think – here's what I'm trying to say. I don't think K-State will score 25. I just think OU's offense is good enough to cover whatever they score. So give me the Sooners big. Um, well, that's all we have for the week. Uh, Jameson, anything anything left you got? Is there any shot that K-State – uh, scores 25 points? No, probably okay, not. Okay, OU's going to score 50-plus points in almost every game for the rest of the season. So, yeah, I, that, I, that's my that's my take on that. That is a spicy take and one that I, I'm all behind, man, I tell you. Well, thanks as always for listening. Uh, it's always fun pumping these out for you every week. So uh, it's it's about to we're about to hit that stretch, that final November run. It's always the most fun part of uh, college football. So strap in. It's about to get real good after this week. So... We'll see you next Tuesday. If you like our stuff, keep you know keep uh, keep following and liking us five stars, etc., etc. Uh, we'll see you next week to talk a very spooky game against Texas Tech. Very spooky. Uh, from me, Jameson, and old Douglas, just chilling out in the bed. Have a great week, Boomer Sooner. <laughs>